Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicularist, which is the name of this podcast. So that sort of makes sense. Hmm. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say that for the reason that there may be spoilers, but saying maybe means maybe <laughs> you'll think that there won't be. So I say will be. You with me, B? Hmm? Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as those are things that help podcasts, and I am a podcast, and that would help me. So thank you. For those who have done so, it does not go unnoticed, and good karma is headed your way. Mmm. I suppose that is the last thing that needs to be said at the top of the show that I say at the top of every show, so I will push a button and we will get started thusly. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Birdman, Wadhams, and Flint, attorneys at law specializing in office-related sexual and ageist discrimination cases for 69 years. Thank you to that for sponsoring this movie monologue in which I will talk of, you guessed it, movies. You're a smart cookie. That's why I like you. Uh, movie the first is Birdman. Yes, you may have heard of this one. Um... I think I should say right off the bat that I talked the missus into watching this with me and I kind of regret doing so. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think my expectations were high from mostly from the fact that I don't think I ever heard one negative comment about it other than maybe a little hard to understand. I think that was the most negative comment, which I could see that being true. Uh, so like how I made her watch Whiplash, which she did enjoy, uh, I also made her watch this. And um, she did not enjoy. Probably, she would say uh, she would give it a 0 out of 5. That being said, I think some of that might be spite for me making her watch this. Uh, my rating, I'd, I'd go 4. Yeah, solid 4. Maybe 3. Maybe Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to lower it to a 3. And let me tell you why. Although, if you've listened to many episodes, you probably know why. Uh, enjoyed while watching but wouldn't watch again is what I used my three ratings for. I don't think I ever really need to see Birdman again. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a safe thing for me to say. 
And so I said it. Uh, let me read the IMDb in case you want a little glimpse into what it is. If that will explain it at all, it probably won't. A washed-up actor who once played an iconic superhero battles his ego and attempts to recover his family, his career, and himself. In the days leading up to the opening of his Broadway play. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so uh, Michael Keaton playing the titular, <laughs> giggle, uh, titular, <laughs> there it is again, uh, Birdman, which uh, obviously pretty amazing casting considering he was and is Batman. I think with Batman, it's a lot like uh, with the presidents of the United States. Like when you're no longer president and you're not in office, people still call you Mr. President. So I think people should still call uh, Mr. Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, similar to that. Uh, a lot of big names in this. A lot of Oscar buzz. I think it won some stuff. Did it not? I don't really know. Uh, Emma Stone, Michael Keaton, of course. Uh, Zach Galifianakis, who I love in, in just anything he's ever done. Period. Although I never saw that. Didn't he do one with like hamsters or something? Didn't see that one. Uh, Edward Norton, also one of those actors who I don't think is ever bad in things. Uh, if you want to see good acting, I think this is an example of a movie that has that. Uh, the plot is interesting, and it leaves you guessing. Which, again, if you've listened to many of these podcast episodes, you will know that when movies uh, end in such a way where I'm not really... I didn't see it coming, or I'm not really sure what happened, or... Uh, you leave it up to your imagination, like this one did. Uh, I give that extra mark. So all my talking about it wants me to bring it back up to a four. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. So we went from four to three back to four again. In the case of me, over the course of me talking about it. See what can happen? You never know what might happen, that is. Oh boy. Movie, the second, titled Office Space. Mmm, little film from uh, 1999, three company workers who hate their jobs and decide to rebel against their greedy bosses, period. <laughs> That's not a very good IMDB uh, explanation of this movie. Uh, basically, a guy uh, goes to a hypnotist who hypnotizes him to relax a little bit. And um, he's supposed to, you know, at the end, snap him out of it, bring him back to reality, but he doesn't. And uh, he ends up going into the office and his sort of relaxed, I don't give a shit attitude uh, causes him to excel at his office job. The One of the reasons I want to watch this movie is because uh, I recently got a new job in a office uh, similar in terms of its sort of layout and feel. Not similar in terms of I feel like I want to kill myself for working in the same office. I actually like the job, so a little bit different. But uh, I'd seen this movie at least probably two, three times. It's what you would call a cult classic over the years. I've seen it. Uh, so I thought it deserved another viewing with my new uh, working in a cubicle style situation. And uh, I'm glad I did. Highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. Uh, Mike Judge, a creator of many funny things. I think any, everything he touches has uh, generated laughs in me as far as I know. So good on him. Thank you. Uh, this one in particular, five out of five, easy to give. 
Uh, as you already heard, I'm out of time, so I'm going to just speed through the last one here. Uh, it's called Back Issues, colon, <laughs> colon. Uh, the Hustler magazine story. So uh, it's basically the story of Larry Flint and how he uh, started Hustler and uh, the things kind of revolving around that. It's a documentary available on Netflix. It's uh, it's okay. Uh, there's some boobs in it. So, you know, if you like documentary and boobs, that's going to fit right in your Venn diagram there, I guess. Uh, I'd give it a three... Yeah, a solid three, maybe some some four moments just of, of interesting things that happened along uh, Larry Flint's path on the creating of Hustler magazine. I don't know why I'm fascinated by that sort of story, but I am, so I watched it. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Vashta Narada Fried Chicken. Thank you, sponsor! Uh, today, as predicted, uh, I was going to do in the past, and I'm going to do now t- to fulfill my prediction, I'm going to talk a little bit about Doctor Who. Hmm. Uh, the way I've done it this time, I think, makes a little more sense. And uh, I'm going to talk uh, about uh, the entirety of... Of season, Jesus! I always want to say season four, but as it is from over there in Jolly Old, it's called series four. Mm. Uh, This features my favorite of all the Doctors, Mr. David Tennant. And uh, what I'm doing in terms of our talk here is I brought up on Wikipedia, which is an amazing resource if you ever want to know about um, individual episodes of television programs. You just type in, for example, Doctor Who uh, episodes, Wikipedia, into Google, and then you hit the returned search queries and then uh it'll give you a whole bunch of shit all uh numbered when they aired and an incredible amount of information so that's what i have at my disposal whereas pre-episode 300 i would basically because i was driving a car while recording this just write down uh, doctor who series 4 and that would be the entirety of my notes so Hopefully, I have a little more to talk about here. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, episode one of the series, Voyage of the Damned. Oh yeah, that's where the uh, the Titanic. Yes, the Titanic. Well, not the Titanic, where a Titanic uh, runs into the TARDIS, which is the Doctor's ship. If you are unfamiliar with that, I pity you. Pity you. So that's a good way to start your season by a Titanic crashing into your spaceship. Hey, why not? Uh, Next episode, Partners in Crime. Oh yeah, this one was interesting because uh, it involved people sort of breaking up into their sort of fat falling from their body and turning into sentient fat, I guess you would call it, and running around and looking adorable, basically. Uh, If you Google uh, adipose plush, A-D-I-P-O-S-E, uh, it's something that if I were to have a kid, God forbid, oh boy, gave myself a bit of a sweat there, um, I would definitely get them one of these things because they're, uh, they're funny, adorable, and Doctor Who related. So hey, best of both worlds. Uh, next episode is interesting in that it takes place in Pompeii. Sure, that's interesting. But uh, I think the most 
uh, interesting thing about it is that within this episode, uh, the Doctor, David Tennant, runs into the current actor who plays the Doctor. So they never explain that. It's just sort of English actors working in various roles, I guess. But uh, the, the guy who is the current Doctor who was in this episode as a guy who lived in Pompeii. So kind of a cool idea. Uh, moving on to Planet of the Ood. That's another thing. While you're Googling, Google, Google Ood. O-O-D. Ood. Those things are funny. Uh, Poison Sky. Doctor's Daughter. Uh, you know what I was hoping with this episode, and I don't think anything's ever sort of come to pass, would be a spin-off with the Doctor's Daughter, who uh, it's super, super just... Uh, hot yeah sexy cute all of those combined uh actress who played her and uh would definitely like to see more of her <sighs> let's see next one had a giant wasp as well as uh what is her name agatha christie agatha christie and the giant wasp episode we could call that why not uh silence in the library this this one's one of my favorites actually so that's why i kind of sped to it a bit uh, it's a library planet. Huh? A whole planet that's a library? Pretty cool idea. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with some of my past, I actually went to school in order to be a librarian. Yes, my schooling is in the library sciences. This episode is called The Silence of the Library. What? Uh, anyways, this uh, series, 5 out of 5, obviously... I ran out of time, as you can hear, but what else? Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's Book Banter sponsor is Virtual Reality Console, devoted entirely to. Let me try that again. Today's book banter sponsor is a virtual reality console devoted entirely to pornography. It is called the Jack and the Triple Xbox. Jack and the Triple Xbox. It's called... Oh boy. Bit of a stretch on that one. Uh, okay, so for this book banter, what I've brought back is not necessarily a book, but written words, which... If you combine enough of them into a book, would be a book. So, hey, shut up. Uh, I brought back a Wired magazine. As I predicted in this post-300 world, uh, because I don't necessarily read one book every single week, especially as in this case where I'm reading Atlas Shrugged, which is a fair bit over a thousand pages, uh, I will occasionally have to bring back other materials of the reading or writing variety, as in when I uh, would read some things that I had written. So there you go. That's what this is. Uh, the reason I thought this would be a good idea is because it is the Wired Magazine sex issue. <clears throat> uh, I've just sort of jotted down some of the things that appeared in this sex issue. <clears throat> 
For example, uh, sexting and Skyping, they uh, talked a little bit about, or a fair chunk about. As you can imagine, with Wired Magazine, a lot of the sex-related talk is also going to have a sort of interplay with technology, which seems to be something that happens more and more often now, which where you think, I know when I was a kid, well, when I was a kid, probably wasn't thinking too much of sex, but even a couple of years ago, when I was a teen, when I really was thinking a lot about sex, uh, the the introduction of uh, uh, technology to sex never really something you thought of until the internet, and I was right on the cusp where that started to be a thing. So uh, it's one of the sort of blessings and curses that uh, born in a time where I can remember not having the internet. Which is the, the curses. I had to live in a time where there was no goddamn internet. But the, the blessing is now uh, that I appreciate it much more than I think someone born, say, today will in 20 years when they have had internet their whole lives. Anyways, sexting and Skyping, uh, you know, I've never never tried. I wouldn't rule it out necessarily, but uh, I have not ventured into that area uh, I think the most interesting was this next point, this next article that went into a fair amount of detail. Uh, it was uh, about asexual people, uh, pan and heteromantic people, which uh, is something else that is apparently a thing now, whereas obviously, well, I guess not necessarily obviously, but whereas back in the day, even up to a couple of years ago, they say, uh, this is not something that existed, or if it did exist, people didn't talk about it, didn't bring it out in the open, and just sort of ignored it, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's people who either just have no desire at all for sex, <laughs> my wife, or uh, <laughs> are people who only do so after long, sort of intensive romantic relationships. So uh, one example I remember was uh, and I guess kudos for the guy, question mark. I uh, was with the same girl for three years before they had sex just because she never thought of sex. She never wanted to have sex. She didn't want to not have sex necessarily. It just never crossed her brain until they were together for these three years and their relationship was, I guess, on a solid foundation and they knew they were going to be together forever and then she finally, uh, she felt the urge to uh, pursue down that sexual path so hey mm -hmm. I, I think uh more and more often uh well sorry just got a text forgot to put it in airplane mode more and more often the sky's the limit or the ground's the limit as far as sexual things is either you you're crazy about sex and things that you want to do sexual wise are insane and those are becoming more common or you don't want to have sex at all and that's also becoming more common it's just the sky and the ground's the limit is what i'm trying to say uh so the other points were zero nudity instagram versus art hmm. i think it's hard for instagram this is where it's kind of a strange thing to say but it is hard for a big company like instagram to uh, say anything other than no nudity, period. No matter what. Because then there's got to be arguments of what's nudity and what's art. Where as if they just say no nudity, period, they have something to stick, stick to. Uh, VR porn with Ella Darling. 
Uh, yeah, this this is something that uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. If you're listening to this and have ever experienced VR porn, because <laughs> I have not, uh, something I'm curious about. I tried at Fan Expo the Oculus Rift, and one thing that I found crazy about it more than anything else was the fact that I knew I was sitting in a chair and I knew I wasn't moving, but it felt as if my body was moving. So. You know, when you, when you move that over, you know where I'm going with this. When you move that over to the sort of porn uh, ring, ring, whatever, um, what are the possibilities there? Okay. And then uh, lots of talk about sex toys. Because why not? Today's Game Gabin sponsor is New Kid brand Zombie Nazi Fetus Repellent. Thank you to that. You lovely sponsors. I would be a poor, poor man without you lovely sponsors. Moment of silence there for your sponsorships. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, in this Game Gabin episode, I have a game that I have completed, no less, so uh, a perfect time to talk about it. The game in question is in answer, which is, oh my god, South Park, colon, The Stick of Truth. Uh, this was a game that came out quite a while about, while about, mm-hmm. came out quite a while about, uh, I figured I would eventually play it, I just waited for the price to go down, and uh, it was good. <laughs> End of discussion. No, uh, yeah, very, very good game. Had a lot of fun, laughs. Uh, at one point, I fought a giant zombie Nazi fetus. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. That's the sponsor. Oh, man. Uh, crazy. If you like South Park, you will, uh, and like video games, you will like this. If you love South Park and like video games, you will love this. If if you love video games and like South Park, you will like this. There's there's lots of Venn diagram-y things going on here. Uh, when it comes to South Park, I haven't seen every single episode. I've probably only seen a handful of them. It's just not something I've sought out. Uh, which is kind of strange, because it does seem like something that would be totally up my alley, and every episode I have seen has made me laugh, so... It's just there's so much there that it's been on for so long, it's got that feel of being sort of impenetrable. You know what? It's like a pre-new Doctor Who. Like, I know it's probably something I would like, but diving into it, it just seems like work. That There's so much of it to, to wade through. Uh, that being said, eventually, I wouldn't be surprised if I did sort of go back and start watching South Park. Especially after this, because it, it made me realize that it's something that I should do. Uh, the game, very, very reminiscent of, um, gameplay-wise, I should say, definitely not content-wise, of uh, Paper Mario and uh, uh, Mario RPG-style games, which is not necessarily a good thing and not necessarily a bad thing. If you like hardcore uh, RPGs that are really, really hard, uh, this might not be up your alley as far as gameplay is concerned. Uh, myself, I could go either way. In fact, uh, I probably even uh, potentially lean towards this way more 
just because, as I have mentioned probably a lot of times, uh, I like to uh, play video games while watching a movie and vice versa. So uh, my attention not being 100%... Uh, on the game means that if it's a little easier, I'm not going to complain. Uh, that being said, th- there's some hard bosses and stuff like that, sure. Uh, the the amazing thing, and this is what, when I was reading uh, and listening and watching reviews way back when, when this came out, uh, is that the things that sort of pop up uh, in this game that fans of the show will will appreciate like just little easter eggs little all, all the voices are done by the, the the people who do the voices uh i think and again i'm not an expert by any means that uh if you're a fan of the show uh you could probably and this is more of a guess than anything probably uh find every character or thereabouts from the show in this game in one form or the other uh, for example, what's that little puppets guy? He was up Mr. Slave's butt at one point. Uh, the comedy is of the butt variety, which is, uh, again, not necessarily a bad thing. It's sticking with what the show is. There's uh, there's higher brow jokes, but uh, the lowest common denominator is probably where a lot of the jokes are sitting. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a thing. Nonetheless, uh... Okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's uh, that's enough of that talk. So far, stick to the truth. Four to five out of five. Yeah, four to five out of five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Ah! Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is a boxing match for the ages. The conflict in Cuba, the hostility in Havana, the combat in the communist country. Conan versus Yankovic. Ding, ding. All right, so uh, thanks for sponsoring. That's uh, mighty nice of you, guys. Thing. What? Oh boy. Uh, okay, so uh, quite a selection of internet intercourse related things. First and foremost, as it is first, and I watched it before all the other ones, I do believe, is Conan O'Brien in Cuba. Uh, I think the potential is this could fit in a TV Tuesday, obviously. However, some of the content, I think, was just online, as Conan likes to do from time to time, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, the other thing is even the things that were not online are available online. What? Even the things that were on TV, I mean, were available online. Which I think is kind of a cool way to look at it, because it doesn't go the other way. There's not things that uh, are available um, just on TV, if you see what I mean. It's either available... I'm not going to go into the details. Anyways, what I wanted to say about Conan no Cuba... Conan no Cuba, Conan in Cuba, rather, is, uh, it's an interesting trip, uh, not perhaps compared to some of his other trips to other places as full of laughs, which is what I go for, but more full of sort of interesting things, like, um, one of the main sort of takeaways is I get the feeling, and maybe it's not so much a feeling that, as a fact that I think they kind of said, they didn't really have... 
uh, permission from the Cuban government uh, to go over and film a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, it's it's kind of interesting, such a big organization like Conan O'Brien and his show, to uh, get involved with a, a country where uh, if you're caught doing things you're not supposed to, you're going to be in big trouble because of, I don't know, communism and stuff. Mm, yeah. So uh, probably the highlight for me is uh, his tour through a rum factory with a tour guide who I guess had never seen Conan O'Brien, which sometimes you get the impression that that happens, but uh, refused to sort of give him booze until the tour was over. Uh, And she was very, very strict about this rule. Uh, I think my favorite part of it is they could have done the entire segment with her being like that, but kind of by the end, when they were near the booze, uh, Conan had her cracking up and laughing. So just goes to show you that a funny, goofy guy can even win over a mean person who won't let you drink booze in a rum factory. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to next item, which is a You Made It Weird, which is a podcast called You Made It Weird with host Pete Holmes and guest Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al, who uh, just recently... What did he win? Best album or some such? Best comedy album? I know that much. Uh, one of the, v- I think the very first time a comedy album was in like the top five, the top ten or some such. Anyways, he's really, I don't want to say exploding onto the scene, but because he's been around for a long time, but uh, really seems to be getting his due lately. Uh, spoke a lot of bit, a lot of bit? Mm-hmm. Spoke a lot of bit about uh, his upcoming tour and how he's already at 100 cities and towns that he's visiting. Uh, Something cool about this tour, and I don't know if other people have done it this way. I don't really pay attention to tours of singing folk, uh, but he's going to a lot of smaller towns, a lot of places where you wouldn't think uh, like like a big rock concert or a comedy concert what would you call his concert let's just call it a concert where a big concert would go on so uh good on him for sort of stretching out into areas that might not have an abundance of entertainment especially of the comedy variety and i think that's my underlying uh love of this is that uh, conan Conan O'Brien, Weird Al Yankovic is spreading the comedy around speaking of comedy and spreading it around Next is Comedy Bang Bang, mm. which uh, I feel like I bring back too much, but it's just so goddamn funny that I can't help it because it's constantly, constantly, constantly making me laugh until there are tears coming out of my eyes. And that fact is not something that happens every day, so when it does happen, I feel I have to mention it. Uh, in this episode, we have the one and the only Michael Abelson. The reason I left a long pause there, or a pause, not necessarily of the long variety, is that uh, Michael Abelson is probably not a name that you will have heard before, unless you're a friend of Mr. Abelson. He, um, through a sort of series of donations, slash, not donations, it's not the white word, uh, through an Indiegogo campaign, won uh, the, the, the ability, won the ability? <laughs> That doesn't make sense, but I'm going to say it anyways. He won the ability to be on this show by paying uh, what sounds like a copious amount of money upwards 
of $36,000 of his hard-earned cash was donated to appear on the show, basically. He's from uh, originally from England, jolly old, and uh, he is a corporate lawyer. Uh, I think the amazing thing about this whole scenario is that everything I have said so far makes it sound like this is going to be incredibly boring. <laughs> I am a horrible salesperson for this particular episode, but... But, uh, somehow, someway, uh, he, obviously, well, yeah, I guess you could say obviously, obviously with the help of the others around him, ended up being very, very funny, very likable, a funny and likable bloke, you might even say. Uh, so, uh, he had the, uh, the ability, again, I'm going to say that, even though it doesn't make sense, he had the ability to choose who he wanted to appear on the show with him and he chose probably who i would choose as well paul f tompkins and shit <laughs> oh, that's not what i meant he chose shit I, I mean i didn't write down the other people um oh what's his name uh it's the name curse that's gonna get me here and you've already heard amount of time the name curse let me explain just to round off the show is the inability to remember names or even write them down uh, brought about because I ran over a gypsy woman's husband while receiving a blowjob. While driving, I should perhaps specify. Uh, last but not least, uh, just briefly mention that if you Google Earl Sinclair synced with Notorious B.I.G., you're going to have a good time. Folks, that will leave one final thing to say, which is, of course, the always, the always final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice. To the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you shine wait till the warm-up's underway wait till our lips have met wait till you see that sunshine day you ain't seen nothing yet the best is yet to come and be won't it be fine the best is yet to come live long and prosper